Okay, Kate, thanks so much for joining me today uh, on the Hogan Report as we look forward to ASU GSV this week. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. As we mentioned uh, before we started to record, uh, it's great to be back in person uh, doing these events. You mentioned that you are a veteran of ASU GSV going back many, many years, but I guess uh, have missed it the past two years. What are you looking forward to the most in terms of getting back into the scrum? You know, I am looking forward to not only have we been out of sync in terms of seeing people in person and catching up in person, but as a side effect of that, I've been very inwardly focused on my company and on my teams. And, uh, you know, you can get out of, out of practice of picking your head up and looking at what others are doing and taking inspiration from that. And, you know, having those more innovative strategic conversations. So I'm looking forward to having, you know, a solid few days of, of looking, learning from what other people are doing and, um, you know, getting, getting out of my own head a little bit and seeing what right. others are up to. Right. Now, the last time we spoke, I mean, we were really in the thick of it, if I recall. It was just yeah. back in the spring of 2020. And we were talking about the fact that your, um, the use of your technologies and services accelerated off the charts, not only because of the remote, you know, the remote aspects of it, but also because it seemed that, um, the idea of social emotional learning and just mental mm-hmm. trauma and all those things what used to be kind of maybe a nice to have was like front and center for every student and every parent and every, every faculty. Give us an update uh, from that. I mean, has the acceleration continued as we go back to whatever normal is? Are you seeing things level off or do you think that these new realizations that we had during the pandemic are going to stick around? I think that it, it still feels like we're functioning at this High, you know, rapid pace. There's still the adrenaline of, uh, having a lot to do every day in our work and what we're doing with schools. I think that, you know, it's, it's definitely evolved over the past couple of years that we've been in this pandemic. At the beginning, it was really about helping people get acclimate to the idea of online therapy, online service delivery. How do we do this? What tools are there to make it easier to do this? Um, it was really, you know, we were, we were almost in, in teaching mode in those early months of, you know, okay, we've been, you know, for 10 years figuring out how to do special education teletherapy. Now we need to very quickly help everybody else learn how to do it. So that, that was what I would call phase one. I think the phase that came after that was, you know, a little more comfort, a little more trust, maybe a lot more trust in the idea of doing, doing this work online. Um, but also a lot more need. So we have, you know, growing, uh, complexities and in, in the experience of children today and the trauma of what they've gone through in various ways over the past couple of years, all surfacing in, uh, you know, I think a higher prioritization on addressing mental health, on getting counseling for kids who need it through their schools. So there's that, that part of our business has grown tremendously, you know, where, a couple of years ago, we were really primarily doing speech therapy 
now we're, we have a much larger team of school psychologists and social workers who are really focused on the mental health side. So that's been a big shift. Um, the other dynamic has been, uh, being in catch up mode. I hope, I hope we're not all feeling like this forever, but there were, um, you know, there were so many gaps in the services provided to kids in those months and in that first year that there's a lot to do to just, you know, to, get back the compensatory time if it's special education or to, you know, help with learning loss and address some of the, the gaps that, that have occurred over these couple of years that we've had the unevenness in, in services and education. So it, it still feels, it still feels heightened and urgent, but, um, yeah. you know, we're kind of learning, learning to live with it, I think. Now, as you, uh, endured all these months and, and, and went through all these, uh, experiences, were there any um, discoveries or innovations? I mean, even though you have been in this space for a long time, BP before the pandemic, it, were there any sort of aha moments or uh, applications that you might not have uh, thought about before? I think the the big aha for us was we we had always before the pandemic been focused on we thought about technology as a means of delivery. So it was, uh, you know, you need, you need a therapist. You don't have one in your community. We have one in this state over here and we can, we can connect them to your students. Right. So it was, you know, it was really about the online service and, um, we had built this whole platform that had a lot of other tools, you know, bells and whistles, if you would, we, we'd built in all of these things on top of that over the years to, to actually make therapy better or to make part of a therapist's job easier uh, or more efficient. And, you know, we, we weren't really thinking about the, the value that could have to therapists not working in an online environment. And so, you know, it, it really changed the way for us that we think about technology and, and talk about technology for me, you know, it's not just a means of distribution it's 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 a way to change the work to improve the work and um you know to 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 ultimately i hope improve the outcome for for children so that's that's a big shift for um you know for teletherapy as a whole is really really recognizing it's not just about you know it's not just another option for for how to deliver the service there's something in what we've built here that that every on the ground therapist can use too yeah, so it's just it's become a utility, right? Mm-hmm. As much as mm-hmm. just kind of a specialty tool, maybe or maybe consider what was yeah. a novelty that you're using. That. That's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, well, and maybe because so many because it, it became a bit more for a mass market. You know, it used to be very niche. This idea of of doing the work this way, and then it's, it's you certainly can't say that anymore. I think, uh, you know, I, I saw one statistic that you went from pre-pandemic. Uh, you know, 9% of, of speech therapists had, had done online service delivery and now it's 90 something percent. Right. So it definitely, definitely, you know, broadened the, the application of it. Now going back to the, uh, to the show, um, I know you're on a session on Monday afternoon focusing on special ed. And so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about what you see that conversation being like and what you're bringing to the table there. And then also on the flip side, um, what are you hoping to get out of the show next week? Yeah. Okay. So talk about my panel. So 
Uh, my panel is called Driving Access and Impact with Technology in Special Education. Uh, and I, I'm moderating an incredible group of people. We had our prep session a few days ago to talk about what we're going to talk about and what we want to talk about. And we've, we've brought together uh, Ed Holmes, the CEO of N2Y. So, you know, delivering, uh, building great digital curriculum for special education programs and and tools for special educators. We've got Jeff Cohen from Full Bloom. We've got Vijay Ravindran from Florio. Gene Blosser, who's an expert in, in speech language pathology. Dustin Wallstrom, who really, you know, was one of the early creators of digital assessment for Pearson. So you've got with this group that is really has had you know, these deep careers in thinking about, you know, innovating technology, you know, Vijay creating virtual reality tools for special education. You've got digital curriculum. You've got Jeff Cohen having created and run special education programs where he's implementing technology every day. So everybody is, you know, coming to this with these perspectives of having seen over the past couple of years, their own versions of, of that shift that I talked about that, you know, we went from sort of justifying and validating the use of technology in special education to a lot of people recognizing that technology helps us push forward the effectiveness of what we're doing in special education programs. It drives better outcomes. Uh, so we're going to talk about you know, where we see technology taking service delivery for special education, why, you know, where we think that it, it makes things better, what we think are the obstacles um, that, you know, that, that still hold it back. So it should be a good session. And how about on the get side? What are you, what are you hoping uh, to get out of the, the next few days? Well, so I am really interested to, uh, to attend. There's a lot of sessions about mental health programming surgeon general is going to be there talking about his mental health initiatives. And, you know, for me, I, I, have spent so much time thinking about special education and, uh, and we'll be talking about that myself, but, uh, mental health needs in schools are now a general population, general education topic. And I, I need to learn about that and I need to, you know, activate my own thinking and how we can apply what we, what we've built for special education and, use it for more, more kids. So I'm pretty excited to attend some of those sessions and learn from them. Yeah, it is. It, it is um, interesting to me in the conversations that I have, and you know, over the years uh, writing about special education and using the technologies. And it was always kind of maybe on the side, it wasn't kind of central to, um, you know, kind of the overall, when you talked about learning management systems or any other sort of technologies, it was mm-hmm. always kind of over in its own place. But from March 2020 on, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, it does seem even in the industry that there's this understanding if a student doesn't feel safe, if a student doesn't yeah. have, and uh, uh, is in a good mental state, nothing else is going to work. They're not going to learn if they're not centered to begin with, right? Right. And, and with that, I mean, it really, we, we, we seem to have moved on from that debate that people used to have about whether it was the responsibility of schools to address mental health for children or, you know, was, is it schools? Is it parents? Is it communities? Um, I, I don't hear that debate anymore. I think, I think it is just taken very much as a given that it's, it's absolutely the responsibility of all of those groups, including. Sure. 
schools. You know, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't have a school saying we're we're here to educate, um, and and that's not our you know that's not our role. I think everybody you know has has really recognized, as you say, that you can't educate until you address the basic yeah. mental health needs. No, uh, I, I really appreciate your time uh, and your insights here. But I get one one other question, just about looking forward again. So it's been about two years since we spoke before. Uh, where where do you see presence learning? Where do you see all things? Let's keep the glass half full. Um, the federal monies continue to come in. Schools continue to readjust to to whatever our new realities are. Where um, would you like to see? Um, the ed tech space and in specific you know, telehealth and special education uh, two years hence. I would, this is, this is partly about presence learning, um, definitely about the sector as a whole. I would like to see us really figure out with schools, and I'm thinking mostly about, you know, the K-12 schools that, that we, that we work with and work for. I'd like to see us figure out with them what are the, what are the right systems to, to help staff get their work done efficiently, to help get kids what they need efficiently. I think that a lot of, there's been a lot of advancement of technology for schools and for students and uh, there's been a lot of growth of, of companies who are doing this. And with that comes, you know, great, great ideas and ultimately more impactful technology. But I also think we've, we've, you know, there's so many of us who are all, uh, addressing pieces of the greater need for schools. And, and I think there needs to be, uh, you know, I don't know if this is consolidation or, uh, collaboration, partnership, uh, cooperation, but I, I think we need to sync more of these these systems up to each other. I definitely see that in the special education side. Uh, and I want to be part of solving that problem, not just, you know, another another slice or another layer in, in how schools figure this out. Great. Well good luck with those efforts. Um you. You know, your your work is really important for for districts and for students. And I know you helped uh many of them over these past couple months and look forward to watching uh, you and your company progress over the next few years. So thanks again for taking the time. Thank you very much. Good to see you. And hope to see you in person uh, in a couple days. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thanks. All right.